Someone says, I've been with my girlfriend for a couple years. The relationship itself is awesome, and I wouldn't have it any other way. However, there is an issue. My girlfriend hates the fact that I hate smoking or hates the fact that I smoke weed. I mean, hates it. To appease her, I stopped smoking weed for around six months, but I miss smoking for the whole period of time. Thus, I am now secretly smoking. Obviously, it is a moral lie, but do I think her stance on weed smoking is unfair? What do you think? And this is... It's amazing because all these things that I've talked about over the years, I was red pill dating before red pill dating was a term. And it was simple before me because I went out back into the dating scene and I realized, holy fucking shit. Like, these are people that are not... I'm a person that's logical. So I think in a logical perspective and a lot of things I do. And you assume that other people think logically. So for example, you're going to be respectful to somebody when they haven't done anything to you. Or you're going to go ahead and clean up after yourself if you've been in a public place. or so whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever it is that logic and common sense talking to people with respect and all these so on and so forth right so all these things that i talk about i, I always imagined that was what everyone experienced and even after getting out of marriage and going to a new phase of dating right because there's the before marriage dating and then there's the after marriage dating and when, when you look at the after marriage dating and you okay you've been through all that that gamut you went through the challenges you weren't able to make it out together and it's something that you're obviously healing and working through but you think logically that in this stage in life you're going to be different that you're going to learn from the mistakes and learn from the things that you could have avoided and be better right and, and not judge anybody from their past or their past but making sure that their past don't impact yours in a negative way and conversely i don't want the way i am which i've chosen to be to be negatively impactful on someone else but when so for example if i was to meet somebody that was a heavy weed smoker i liked them as a person i liked them as a conversation i they didn't have a you know whatever criteria i was looking for they had it but they had that one little thing of man i don't smoke weed but everything else was fine i i think for me i look at the whole uh body of work of a person so when i see let's say nine out of ten things align right but let's just say eight out of ten or the major things that i want to experience in a relationship align with me but then these other ones that are not a big deal then i'm gonna go ahead and be like okay the sum total is what i'm looking for now like i said earlier you got to make sure that the main priorities are in place. So in this example here of this guy saying that smoking weed is something he does every day, that's something that's very important to him. That's something like if a guy was to be all about the gym when you first met him and he goes to the gym six days a week, you know, don't get into it thinking that once you get married that he should stop working out because that's how you met him. You have to take people where you met them and and it's one thing if they were in a fucked up situation, meaning if they're if you met them when they were out in the streets, then of course you you want to help them be better. You want to show them the way, because as a partner, you love somebody knowing that they came from a fucked up place, that 
they can be better. And you see the potential, right? I mean, I rarely do people invest, especially women, don't invest in men like that. But there, there needs to be, when that mindset comes in, when you come into the relationship and he has a job and he has a career and he's already had that success or, you know, doing well for himself in, in that capacity. It's, again, this is after marriage. And, and you realize that, okay, I don't like the fact that he curses too much. I don't like the fact that he drinks too much. I don't like, well, at that point, I think you have to take the sum total. Because it's like, okay, this is a man that's been successful. He's very happy doing these things. And and conversely, like as a woman, a man should take you for whatever it is that you do like to do or don't like to do. And, and, and understand the sum total of who you are. And the thing that with ladies that you have to understand, I we don't want like we don't want women to be draining to us. Just like you don't probably want men to be draining in your life. And, and unfortunately, what happens with a lot of women is that, and I see it all the time in social media and all these channels and all these interviews. And it's like, it's amazing to see the amount of women that really don't think logically when it comes to their their total dreams of the person, right? So like I was seeing this one recently that this lady was talking about wanting to keep her job, making $50,000, just be kind of part-time or whatever, and have a man that can not only provide for her, but provide for the future children they have and provide a great household, great lifestyle, be able to have trips, so on and so forth. And and then the you know, Kevin Samuels was asking, Okay, how much how much do you want the guy to make? And she was like, I want the guy to make around four hundred thousand dollars. That's kind of my number. Like a guy needs to be making around four hundred thousand a year for him to kind of take care of me, take care of our family, live a good lifestyle, so on and so forth. And he goes, okay, you know what's the percentage on that? The population in the United States that makes that kind of money. And she goes, 2 to 4%. He goes, 1%. 1% of the population. And you know that most of the people that make that kind of money, he said, are between 400,000 and, and, and are 45, 55 years old. That's where men hit their best financial stride. That would you date a guy that older? And she goes, no. And then you're being delusional, right? And I, and I, and and this is when you think that way logically to think realistically. Okay, for me, it's like do what I could look at a woman and say, okay, if I want to date a model to get her attention, I'm gonna have to have a lot of money, drive a lot of fancy cars, look a certain way, dress a certain way. Because the the elite competition with me and that woman is gonna be one where I'm gonna have to be just like the next one, like like the same criteria, but hopefully the different magic that I bring is different than everyone else, right? So it so, but I understand the game. But women don't reflect in that way. Like women don't reflect in the way of understanding. Okay, what is it that most? On the average, generally speaking, what men want. Men want an easygoing woman that's attractive, takes care of herself, is supportive, and is loyal to a man. Give or take, those are some of the criteria that men are looking for. And obviously, to be sexually pleased in every which way and shape and form they want. There may be some double standards in that for some men, and other men are okay with it. But again, these are conversations you need to have with people. And then you find out whether you want to accept that or not. Before marriage, I could understand there being a level of going along with something 
without realizing later on that it will bother you a big deal, right? Initially, you're dating somebody that smokes weed, and once you get married, you're thinking, okay, all that shit's got to stop. We're married now. We're about to have a family, man. We've got to get our act together. I understand that side of it. But if you're going to the other side of it after marriage and saying, okay, this, you smoking weed, I meet you. You're a great guy. You're well-connected. You travel. You don't have a, a criminal record. You don't know. You don't have any domestic violence issues. You have your own place, your own car. You're able to go on. You know, all, all the things that a lot of women look for, right? And and at the end to say, okay, I can't do that because he smokes weed. I mean, doesn't that make you sound really stupid? Like, you know how many women I've met that were like, you're great and all, but I don't want to date you because you have a kid. I don't want to date you because you're tall. I don't want to date you because of your color. Like, you, everything else, you're perfect. But that one thing, I just can't get over. I'm like, all right. You know, and that's where, like I said, before marriage, I understand that mentality. But after you've been married and you still have the mentality, you got a lot of work to do. And, and and that's not being judgmental, but it's letting you know that you obviously haven't learned from your marriage. You haven't learned because what it sounds like is you blame, you're placing the blame on the husband and you seem like those kind of people, either the husband or the wife, you're going to keep blaming it on them. Look, when I got divorced, I placed blame on myself. I said, what did I do wrong here? And the first answer that came up, what can I do? Be honest with yourself. Be, uh, and I'm so much honest. You know, I like to have fun with it. I like to have comedy with it, but I, I put it on audio. This shit may not be accurate to the people that it may be connecting with at times. They may get offended. They may get angry. But at the end, it's my truth. It's my perspective. And it's my opinion. And I and I feel when you, you're being a certain way and you choose to be a certain way, then it's up to the person to accept that or not. Right to know that okay, that's that's a ref, that's a big no for me, but let me check out the other no. So for me, like for example, if she was a great communicator, uh, very transparent, and, and and very open sexually, but you know she just couldn't keep a job, and she wasn't and, and she wasn't, you know, there was just certain things. Like again, there would just be some a huge red flag. I'd be like, okay. But the other things make up for that one thing, the deficiency. And I think for me in my relationships, especially the one I just had recently was, I was willing to deal with the sum total, but then the other things that you thought were in place um, ended up not being in place. The person ended up changing, which is understandable and respectable as far as what they were able to tolerate. But what we agreed upon from day one was different at day number 720. So it's like, so you understand people change. You understand that people, but if you know from the get-go that you're not about something that the person is conveying of doing. Let's just say, for example, you got out of a marriage and the fucking guy, you know, loves sports and you were like, fuck this. I'm never dating a guy with sports. That's fine. You could do that. But if he doesn't like sports, but then he doesn't, uh, he, he likes to be a homebody. He doesn't like to travel much. That's where you have to start really deciding, weighing the pros and cons. Uh, I could deal with a guy with football as long as they're not obsessed with it. 
you know, maybe I could deal with a weed smoker as long as it's not like an everyday thing after work. Maybe we just do it recreationally, right? So it, it, it's that's where nuance, the word nuance, it's something that's very missing in very much our conversations. Like I believe there's different degrees. You know, I was even having this conversation with myself about this today and I'll leave with this that, you know, just like Christianity in general. Like I think Christianity, uh, out of all the conversations I had with people with the church and not affiliated with the church was with this woman that uh she her family ran a church uh up in oregon and we had a, a very awesome conversations about god a long time ago and the and and that was the only conversation that resonated with me that we talked about it and she said that the bible itself it's not like uh a, a, a very black and white way of living life as we all know there's a lot of contradictions in that bible right of things that how we apply you know different interpretations can be taken in various different ways so what she was saying to me which i agreed upon is that the bible just gives us a compass gives us like a structure if you want to live under you know some more compass of christianity in, in this matter then these are the, the rules this is how you should live as closest to those rules and those principles as possible but like for me, I, I was seeing this thing, this article from the New York Post was talking about uh, 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 Christians that were swingers. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you know, the day and age that we've come that we can even be open like that. Right. That, 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 that people that are pure Christians that go to church and are fucking having <laughs> and are having, uh, you know, swinging services. You know what I mean? It's like swinging. You know, and, 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 and I I understand that because I just think that your belief in God and your belief in your religion and, and, and the way you handle yourself, personal affairs with people and, and, and other agreeing adults is no one else's business. That doesn't make you less of a Christian. And I think that's where we have a lot of the societies that there's no nuance in a lot of these conversations. I'm not saying that you have to be accepting of that or think that's okay, but you have to allow it to happen because it's consenting adults, right? And I, and, I, and I feel that in our society, if we were able to do that, if we're able to understand the nuances of like the sum total of people, I, I think we could find more things that we, we could find more things in common than more things that we disagree with.